You're listening to the Canes Country Podcast with Brett Finger and Justin Lape. Canes Country Podcast. It is less than a week until the NHL regular season begins. Justin, how are you feeling about that? I am excited and I'm ready to get started. <laughs> I am ready to get hurt again. Another I'm ready year. to be let down for another year. Yep. Um, Justin, from from what you've seen as a whole, are you are you impressed by what the young group of players have been able to do? Um, how how much should we read into preseason success? Well, I, I I don't think you should ever read too much into preseason success. I mean, the Browns were four and zero last year in the preseason, and they didn't get a win in the regular season. The old, so the, old, uh, the Detroit Lions were undefeated in the preseason when they went zero. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So I mean, um, yeah, you never should look too much into the preseason, but there's some things that you can take away from the preseason so far uh, that that are positive, and I think that's. Mostly the net front presence. Um, I spoke a little bit about this on our last episode with Andrew R. Brett was feeling a little under the weather, so uh, he wasn't able to join us. Yeah, still is. So um, battling, battling. He's being gritty right now. I am. But we'll, we'll, team, we'll get I'm, into. I'm team grit, by the way. In case <laughs> you're, you're team grit. Yeah, I'm team grit. I guess I'm team grind then. Yeah. So um, I think the net front presence has been a big thing, and it's something you didn't see last year that much under Bill Peters, or you just had players that weren't willing to do it. Um, I, I think that, um, it is impressive that the young group has competed well against rosters that, you know, like for example, Tampa, I mean, they had Stamkos in, they, they had a pretty solid roster of some of their usual starters in. So it's not like, you know, they put their minor league team in basically. So, um, you know, it, it is promising and I, I think it's especially promising that, you know, players like Clark Bishop, you know, um, being up and, and lasting as long as he has, um, it just gives them extra confidence, I think. And I think that pays big dividends at the AHL level as well. Um, I spoke to Coach Vellucci the other day, and basically he said that, yeah, the extra preseason experience just translates so well. Um, and, and you know, it, it gives them, you know, a little bit know, – know what they have to do to make it to the next level. So, um, yeah, I, I'm a big fan of what they've done so far. Um, you know, two games remaining, but – uh, if they keep this up, I mean, it, it could be actually an impressive October instead of a, a disappointing one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think you made a lot of good points. Um, maybe what stuck out the the most to me uh, so far um, is just how hard they're working. Um, I I don't think I've ever seen a Hurricane team uh, be in preseason or during the season work as hard and as consistently hard as they're working right now. Um, I think that has a lot to do with Brindamore. I think it has a lot to do with what this new culture is trying to be. And we've heard the word culture a lot over the past uh, a few months, uh, trying to make a reestablish the culture, all that. But it's it's good to see. I mean, you see a lot of young players coming in and and fighting uh, because they have legitimate shots to to potentially get a roster spot, and they know that they're competing against everyone, and that it's pr- pretty much a clean slate for everyone. It doesn't matter what you've done in the past. It doesn't matter. Um, it's what are you going to do for me now? And I think that's the attitude that they've taken. 
Um, you said Clark Bishop. I think Clark Bishop was really good uh, in the preseason and in training camp. Uh, he got sent back down to Charlotte a few days ago, of course. He was never going to be a candidate to make the team. So, But just to see that you know, maybe there's a little something there in Clark, in Clark Bishop that, that maybe down the road uh, the Hurricanes might have a player in, maybe. Uh, too soon to tell. Um, another player I was really happy with was Julian Gauthier. Uh, Justin, you know, uh, you're, you're down in Charlotte. You know that his rookie season probably wasn't ideal. Um, he wasn't very happy with, you know, the, the organization at times. He wasn't very happy with the role that he had at times, but from from what I saw from him in Traverse City and then in preseason, he looks like a new like he has a new outlook on his career, and I think he knows that you know he he was a first round pick, but he's gonna have to earn his way here, and and he he's been doing that a lot more, and he had a really good preseason, and I think we're gonna maybe see him called up at some point this year if if that success can translate down Charlotte. Um, and then, of course, the probably the biggest name that everybody's talking about in, in, in preseason so far is Warren Fogle. Warren Fogle has been incredibly good. He has been 100 miles an hour. He, I know uh, this, this might not be a fun comparison, but uh, just the effort that he's putting out, he looks like Chad LaRose in, in like, like, big, like, midst of his career, Chad LaRose at the level of effort he's putting out. Um, Warren Fogle, of course, has a higher skill level and a higher ceiling as a player. Um, but, you know, he's he's been a very hardworking player in preseason, and he's been getting a lot of points. He's been really productive. So they've all been great. Another good thing has been the goaltending. Uh, Darling had a phenomenal game in Nashville. Uh, Peter Mrazek uh, has been terrific as well. Callum Booth was really good. Nadelkovich was good. Um, so, so far so good on a lot of fronts and it sounds and looks like that, uh, the Brendan Moore philosophy is hitting home and that's, that's definitely a good thing to see. Yeah. And I think, you know, some of the other names that are still up there, uh, Nicholas raw, he's going to be a player that's probably going to be sent down, but I think it's a testament to, to his hard work that he's still up there. Um, you know, he had a pretty solid year last year, streaky score, but I mean, he's, you know, he's a big guy, six foot four center. I mean, he, you like what he brings to the table. And I, I think it's, you know, a testament to his skill that, yeah, he still is up there. Um, what did you see out of Callum Booth um, this preseason? I, I know you're, you're big on Booth and Helvig. So, so what, do you, what did I you am. see from them? Um, so I don't think, did Helvig get any game action? in the preseason i he might have gotten like yeah a, a I think period he, i don't remember yeah uh, he got like a period yeah so i'm not gonna really talk about helvig too much i know i know booth's you know he he played in that game against tampa and honestly he looked really good uh i i'm a bit i'm big on both helvig and booth uh i'm not so high on nadelkovich um but i'd love to see him you know be a be a really good goalie but um It'll be a big year for for him and Charlie for sure. But Booth looked pretty calm in the net. Uh, he moves around well. Um, he has a pretty good frame. Um, I really like how. I mean, he was consistently to me. He was you know covering the bottom portions of the net really well. 
um he made one amazing amazing save um it was it, i know it was in the third period that tampa game a, a hurricane defenseman checked a lightning player into him and he was falling down and uh, the puck came out and a lightning player took a shot and like he was like laying down and was able to snatch it out of the air it was a, it was an amazing save but he was just he was consistently good in that that preseason action that he did get um so i'm interested to see you know if he can go to charlotte and, and establish a backup role with uh or behind uh Nadelkovic. so i think that would be big for him and uh his early development but overall the goaltending has been pretty pretty good yeah um yeah and like you said Nadelkovic will probably be the starter it's just a pretty much a battle between booth and helvig uh you know through the rest of the checkers camp um to see who will have that backup role because you know no jeremy smith uh you know no any like journeyman i mean they had jamie phillips as Mm -hmm. as a guy but he's probably going to be echl bound um uh, but yeah, I mean, it, it's a big battle between Booth and Helvig, and I think ultimately, the the future in net in Charlotte, um, because you know, yeah, Nedeljkovic has a big year ahead of him. Um, if he doesn't prove it, I mean, I don't know. I really don't know. I mean, he could be just stuck in the AHL. Um, I I think that he has at least like you know, I think two more years kind of to prove himself. This season's ultimately big to see if last year was kind of a fluke you know i mean again he was a leader in wins but you know his save percentage went back over 900 but it was you know it wasn't jaw dropping he wasn't putting up mm-hmm. you know thatcher demko numbers or or anything like that so um yeah i mean nadelkovic should have a, a a decent year but i mean booth and helvig were, were promising and i think uh what I've seen so far from Helvig in camp too, it, l- it looks good. And I mean, it's crazy how big they are too. Mm-hmm. I mean, in in net, they really they're it they're really big dudes. Like, I mean, you you would think they're they're almost like a Ben Bishop style of play in a way. Yeah, um, yeah. Like I I I don't. It's I know it's too it's way too early to to make predictions on goalies. We all know that. Um, but I, I just really like what I've seen from from them, those two so far. And in in your sentiment on Nadelkovic is definitely true. Um, this is a really important year for him because he had a good year last year. Like you said, he wasn't great in Charlotte. And really, I think the, all the organization wants to see now is can he improve? Like, can he take another step? Uh, I mean, nobody's asking him to be the best goalie in the American Hockey League, but I think they they just want to see steady improvement from him. Um, I mean, no one's expecting him to make a big jump to the NHL this year or anything like that, but I think he needs to kind of keep it up, you know, keep making progress, and I think in turn that'll help the checkers that much more. Oh, yeah, for sure. Um, and, yeah, from what I've seen so far in camp, I mean – uh, Bellucci is kind of on the same wavelength as, as what Brendan Moore is doing. I mean, he's, mm-hmm. he's really stressing hard work and hustle and, and, you know, it's kind of weird in the, today's NHL, you know, we don't put too much emphasis into heart or, or whatever, but it seems like the organization has almost kind of twisted their mantra a little bit and that they are trying to follow that. Um, I think it's just a matter of, of effort. Like, I don't think, you know, it's different because back in the day, you know, grinders used to make um, 
rosters and you know you had your mm-hmm. your enforcers as well i think it's a different kind of hard work it's not the old school style that you you think of um mm-hmm. when you think of the former nhl kind of um and i think velucci's really been stressing that um and he also says you know hey you can't expect to go up to raleigh and and compete for a spot against the ahos and the teravinans and stuff like that uh if you're not bringing a complete game so I think mm-hmm. he's he's really trying to put emphasis on on two way forwards and and trying to develop them. I think um, I think um, that I think that kind of has to do with Julian Gauthier as well. I think he came up as a very one way player, you know. Mm-hmm. And I think I think the part the biggest part of his development is going to be understanding, like you said, that if he wants to come to Raleigh and and be a player, we all know he has the skill to do it. Um, but I think it's all about devoting himself to to being a reliable two-way player. I think that's what it's going to come down to for him. Yeah, Velucci's been putting a lot of emphasis on on, on the two-way players, and I think he he really spoke highly of of Clark Bishop's play too. Um, and he was really impressed with the Nashville game. Um, I mean, he just he was, he'd he was, spent he was great in the Nashville game. Clark yeah, Bishop and was it, very very good. Velucci spent about half of the press conference just talking about bishop's play and basically um how you know what he brings to the table and a lot on fogel he's really high on fogel too i mean mm-hmm. he, he was he really managed him well last year as well um but another guy that i think a lot of people forget about and he probably won't be a threat at the nhl level this year but andrew podorowski um, he's a guy that I think the organization kind of, yeah, he reminds me a lot of a Chad LaRose. It's just all effort, um, and a little bit of skill. Like he does have a good set of hands and, mm-hmm. um, but I think he's trying to use him as kind of like a, a example for guys like Fogel, like Wah, like Sorella, like Gautier, to be like, hey, you have to do all of this to be successful at this level, so that you can make it to the next level. Um, so I, I, I've, I'm really high on Velucci again this year. I think this second year coming back is is going to be big for the development of the organization and all those guys that that people saw in Kane's camp. I mean, you might see them more often next year. So, um, yeah, big big fan of, of of what the organization has done so far in the preseason. Um, but then again, it's got to translate. When the season starts, so absolutely, um, that, that's ultimately uh, the big thing. But um, a big thing that made waves this week uh, <laughs> was the Philadelphia Flyers mascot, Gritty. Uh huh. Um, Brett, your thoughts on this wonderful mascot, and and you know, is he Team Grit or Team Grind? Oh, he's he's Team Grit for sure. Um, whew. Uh, honestly, at first I was like, "What the hell is that? What what the <laughs> hell is that?" Um, I didn't like it at first. I really didn't. And I was like, "It's like okay, so the Edmonton Oilers got what? What's his face? Hunter? Hunter? The whatever? Yeah, the wild cat? That wild, the wild cat, cat? For some reason, um, who has abs? For some reason, I hey, they sent works out. They took they, a picture. Yeah, they took a picture of, they took a picture of him. I think it was like right when the off season was about to happen. He was in a Hawaiian shirt and it exposed an abs on it on a mascot. Hey man, well he he works out. There's nothing wrong with that. No shame. <laughs> All good. Um, 
I don't think Gritty has abs. Gritty's a pretty uh, robust mascot. But oh yeah, he um, man, he's he's terrifying. He's horrifying, and I that used to be the reason I didn't like it, and now it's the reason I like him. I like him a lot now. Um, I don't know. I don't know what to say. He's just a monstrosity, and um, he's like a drug fueled kitten of some sort that i don't even know i don't even know he's 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 ridiculous he's he's so ridiculous he's absurd and i kind of like it i kind of like it a lot actually so i'm i'm team i'm team gritty uh this is the first thing i've this is the first time i've been happy with the flyers in a pretty long time it's the first time i'm rooting for them in some capacity and i'm not rooting for them as the team i'm rooting for gritty only gritty He's like the greatest marketing ploy ever. Like, I mean, it's it's worse. So it's worse. Yeah, he's everywhere. I he. I mean, yeah. Justin, he, he was did. he was on Outside the Lines yesterday. With he Bob was on Lee. the Tonight Show. Yeah, yeah. He, <laughs> like, they, he like, was everywhere. He, like as a marketing ploy, like this is really good. Just in oh, yeah. in that way alone. Yeah, I mean, you got to feel for the the guy inside the suit is probably having the time of his life right now. Yeah, like, yeah. I mean, it's unbelievable. So, do you rank Gritty near the top of NHL mascots? It's too early. It's too early to tell because you have to see. We need we need a season of Gritty. We need to see what his morals are, uh, how <laughs> how uh, how he treats others. Um, there is a video of him body checking people at wells fargo center on the ice uh like i don't know what they were doing but there there was people there were people skating around in goalie gear in in the intermission uh i I don't know maybe it was some kind of race and and gritty just comes out of nowhere and body checks people into the boards and he's just ruthless and and aggressive and honestly i like it i like it a lot he uh he went up to a ranger fan and and during their preseason game took off his hat poured popcorn all over him it was uh it's pretty amazing um he's a he's a pretty remarkable creature whatever it is or he is or she is i don't know i don't know yeah um and another thing that made waves this week um was something that happened in in kane's country more or less um but it's not kane's related um the hurricanes will be wearing their heart a Hartford Whalers jersey or full uniform um twice this season uh they're both going to be Boston games and it's going to be in the month of December um you guys voted on canescountry.com and we put up a poll that said what do you think of the canes wearing these Whalers throwbacks three options make those cash registers ring Tommy D those jerseys were left in Hartford for a reason and I don't really care what they wear as long as they win hockey games. So we got 160 votes for making those cash registers ring. 79 votes for the those jerseys were left in Hartford for a reason. And 129 votes for I don't really care what they wear as long as they win hockey games. Brett, what is your take on these jerseys? And do you think it's going to fare well with the fans? Um uh i mean i get it i i i get it it's it's quite honestly it would be pretty dumb of tom dundon not to do this it's he's gonna make a lot of money from this and the team is going to make a lot of money from this 
it it is a smart move in that regard um and and to be fair i mean this is the history of the franchise uh it's not you know it, they're 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 saying it's to honor the heritage and and all that so they're i mean they're saying the right stuff about it i mean i'm not offended by it i don't i i, I honestly don't care i mean the jerseys look good um uh i mean they'll wear them twice so i mean it's not like they're play, wearing them a lot i i like how they're wearing them against boston i think that makes sense um yeah, I mean, it, it just seems like a decent marketing deal for, for the Hurricanes. And it gets people talking about the Hurricanes, and uh, for better or worse. So it is what it is. I think it's I think it was a no-brainer for them to do. Uh, economically, I mean, they're going to be getting a lot of money from this. And, you know, it is what it is. I think financially it does make a lot of sense. Um, but I don't know. I just don't. I mean, this poll is pretty pretty even. Um, a lot of people are, are big fans of buying jerseys, but a lot it says, I don't really care what they wear as long as they win hockey games. Um, I, I think it's kind of a slap in the face to fans. It just depends, because there's some fans that have been fans of this team since, since 97, and most of them uh, were fans you know, of the Whalers beforehand. I think it just... It, People always make the, you know, the move them back to Hartford case and stuff like that. Does this not kind of provide more fuel to the fire? Uh, I mean, I don't know. I mean, all that. So, so let's say, let's say it is, right? So let's say it does add, uh, that team is not going back to Hartford. Uh, and I, and I know that's not what you're saying, but just, just, I don't know that they've been doing that for, for so long. At this point, it's like, okay, keep on doing it if you want. I mean, let it's, it go. Yeah, it's just it, they're making money. The team's never going back to Hartford. That's the most ridiculous thing. Um, I mean, just right now, it feels like a bunch of salty Hartford, Connecticut people being <laughs> being annoying. And we love our city. Bring them back. Uh, one one thing I did see, uh, Analytics on Twitter. Um, he wrote a few years ago uh, about how um, he grew up a Hartford Whaler fan and then they moved the team and he was crushed. And then he, he actually came down to North Carolina and got his team back. Um, it's a really cool uh, piece. So check out section 328.com for that. That's actually, it's really, it's really cool. So just a shout out to, to that and him. So, yeah, I mean, this, this should be an interesting if it's gonna be weird seeing them on TV with it, I, I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm not sure that I'm gonna buy any gear personally. Um, we'll see, I guess. Mm-hmm. Uh, but to go yeah. out and buy a full jersey, probably not on my list. Yeah. Um, talking about Kane Analytics again, he tweeted out. Uh, he was like, "I understand why people don't like it or do like it," but he said for him as a former Hartford Whaler. Uh, fan up in Connecticut, all that. Uh, he said it's pretty special to see, you know, Justin Williams wearing a Hartford Whaler uniform. I don't know. So I, 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 I'm glad that it's making that kind of impact for people. Um, I understand why some other people would not really like it, but 
to see, you know, there, there are people that, you know, there's an emotional connection there. And I, I think it's cool that they're honoring that uh, to some degree. And, and just flat out, it's a good decision for, for money if you're Tom Dundon. So, uh, you know, it, it is what it is. For me, I don't, I don't really care either way. They do what they want to do. It's only two games of the year that they're wearing those jerseys. So it's what it is. Yeah, I think if you if you made it a, a more permanent like third alternate like the black one's gonna be. Yeah, yeah, uh, I wouldn't like that. Yeah, that 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 would get kind of weird, and it it, it would be a weird history thing, kind of. So, um, yeah, two games against Boston. So I mean, it puts close close to Hartford, I guess, as you can kind of get. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I I it's okay. It's okay. I'm not, I'm not crazy about it, but you know, I I'm not going to grab yeah. my pitchfork about it either. Yeah. Yeah. Um so some interesting news um kind of broke on Friday and it Pierre LeBrun of the Athletic and I guess he's doing everything now. I mean, he's still TSN and all that stuff. So mm-hmm. um he kind of broke on a radio show that the Canes recently called Toronto about William Nylander. Now as most of you may know, we, William Nylander is without a contract heading into the season. And, I mean, I haven't seen any recent developments. I know that I believe he's still in Sweden. Um, he hasn't even come over to North America. Uh, and there's the contract disagreements. Uh, the, Toronto's trying to fit him under the cap long term. Um, obviously, with guys like Austin Matthews, uh, he's going to get probably 11 mil um and then mitch marner will be close behind him um and he's probably gonna play a line with with john Tavares, so he may get a a high raise too so yeah it's a lot of points um so where that leaves william nylander um brett what do you think do you think toronto gets the deal done or do you think this is gonna you know kind of continue into the season and they may think about moving him they are getting really close to the regular season right now. Um, both both Nylander with the Maple Leafs and uh, Nick Ritchie with the Ducks. I mean, they're get they're we're a week away. We're less than a week away from from hockey, from real legitimate hockey being played. So they're. I mean, this is serious. I mean, they are really you know, held up about this and, and Nylander wants his money and he wants a long-term deal. I can't blame him. He's an, he's a spectacular hockey player and he deserves to be given a lot of money and a lot of, uh, job security over a long-term deal. So I understand that. I understand Toronto's like we have, I mean, they just gave John Tavares 11 million a year or whatever for seven years and they have Marner, they have Matthews. Matthews is going to be number one on that list. And then I guess I, it looks like Marner is going to be number two, I, I guess. I, I guess it depends on what they do with Nylander because it's going to be tough. If And, and they still need a, another defenseman, probably. Uh, maybe Lilligren or Rasmus Sandin will turn to that. But maybe they have to sign someone in, in the meantime. Maybe that's like they aren't going to be quick answers, but... It's tough. I think. I think in the end, I feel like all these things with RFAs very rarely do they end up being like we have to trade them. Um, I'm glad the Hurricanes are doing their due diligence, though. You know, seeing that they called recently about it, uh, but right now it looks like uh, Dubis is not 
and entertaining uh, the idea of training trading him. Uh, I think he said he's taking calls, but he's definitely not shopping him. So, in other words, he's doing his job. Um, so, I guess we'll see. I think I think all will be okay. I, I'm just kind of concerned about how long this is taking and how far into October, if it gets that far, will it will it go? So, yeah, Nylander's a big part of that team. You know, John Tavares definitely helps helps with Nylander out of the lineup, but. Uh, I mean, he's he's a big part of that team. Two sixty-point seasons. I mean, it's it's nothing to shake your head at. Um, I think, yeah, it's it's it is getting kind of concerning. Um, but I think he deserves to get what he thinks he's worth. I mean, there's no. I understand hometown discount or you know trying to take one for the team. But if Mitch Marner and Austin Matthews are going to get maybe you know in the tens or you know close to that. There's no why, reason he should. Why, why should just, he? Why should he sacrifice his money making potential uh, for those two? I mean, that's just like simply like you have a certain amount of years that you can play in the NHL, and you are doing yourself a disservice if you're not getting as much money as you think you can get. And exactly, that's just how it is. Exactly, exactly. And and I think that, um, you know, especially when it's a long term deal, which they've discussed. Um, it, there's no reason I it sometimes brings down the average annual value but if you're taking out years of your prime you shouldn't go low I mean if he's already 60 points at this stage of his career he's an 80 point guy I think easily put him on any team I think he's an 80 point guy um and with the possibility of more it just it, you know it just depends on line mates and all that stuff but um, yeah, I don't. I don't think he should sacrifice for Mitch Marner's sake or Austin Matthews' sake. I mean, they decided to go out and get John Tavares, so they're going to have to to figure things out. And I think though, if 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 Nylander is shipped, and if somehow the Canes are involved, I think that it automatically starts with a top four defenseman. I mean, they they need help on defense, and and that's the big concern about Toronto going into the season. We know what the offense is going to be. It's just a matter of of how that defense holds up and how Frederick Anderson holds up. Um, yeah, I think I think if if the Canes are 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 calling about him, I think that it starts with Justin Falk and and it kind of goes elsewhere. Because oddly enough, Justin Falk's going to be probably a bottom pairing on on this team, but on any other team, he's Top if four. not top two, he's definitely top four. Yeah. You know, so um, yeah, I, I I like that they're doing their due diligence on him, and I mean, I don't know why you wouldn't. Um, they can afford him cap wise, even with you know Aho extension coming, you know, within the next year and Teravine's extension, um, they can still fit him under the cap easily. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I, I I like that they're being aggressive about this. So um, big fan of that. Mm-hmm. So. Let's 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 play pretend here. Um, William Nylander is being offered to the Carolina Hurricanes, and what 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 would be the maximum that you'd give up? What, what how much would you give up to get William Nylander on this team and sign to an extension? Of course, um, what would what would you give up? I think that any deal starts with Justin Falk. Um, it makes the most sense. It fills their need. Um, and it, it makes sense financially. I mean, he still has a pretty good cap hit for a top four defenseman. Um, and you know, he's got a little bit of offensive flair. I mean, what he could do with 
Gardner or Riley. I mean, it'd, it'd be interesting. Um, I think that makes sense at first. I would also give up a first-round pick. I think that any deal with William Nylander, no matter what team, if he was to be traded, uh, starts with a first-round pick. Because I think that's something, before you make that deal, you know that you can reach terms with Nylander. Um, and the reason you didn't see that in the Carlson trade was because San Jose wasn't sure to sign them. They probably end up will signing him. Um, but they they had, they had didn't agree to terms. Um, I think that's also why you saw Pacioretty's value so high in Vegas was because they were able to come to terms quickly. Now, I, I'd start with that, and then the prospects you add are tricky. Yes, they have Sandine and Lilligren coming. Um, could they use a little bit more defensive depth in in youth-wise? I think so. Um, I would throw out possibly Flurry or Jake Bean. Um, depending on their preference. And, I mean, if you're talking about the absolute most, maybe a Julian Gauthier, maybe a Nicholas Waugh. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think I think that's a fair package. You you're, know you're getting an assured top 4D, which fills their role. You get that first-round pick. You get two A, B prospects, kind of. Um, so, I mean, it... I think that that fills the need at first. Um, if they're looking for a roster player, I don't know which one they would want. Um, in in terms of that, I mean, I mean they're maybe, getting they're getting Falk. I I mean, I don't know a guy like. Uh, I I would say I was gonna say Di Giuseppe, but I don't I don't know if he's gonna be a roster player there. Um, yeah. Uh, would you give up Zekoff in that trade? Yes, yes. Huh. Yeah, I would. So what? 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 What does your trade look like? Mine. Um, let's see. Uh, yeah, it could be Falk. Uh, that the defenseman that kind of goes around, but maybe also it could be Brett Pesci. Um, one of the two. Uh, I'd rather keep Pesci long term. Well, actually, that's tough because. Pesci's had injury issues lately. He's only 23, though. So I, w- I would probably say I'd rather keep Pesci long-term than Falk. Uh, I definitely would. And he's under a contract that makes a lot of sense long-term. So Pesci, if you could... Okay, so you start with... Let's just say you start with one of those two. Um, then you go to... I agree, probably first. And then probably D prospect. Honestly, it looks mine looks a lot like yours. Probably Flurry or Bean and then another prospect then maybe Or McEwen, if, even if McEwen. Maybe McEwen. Uh But I I yeah. So and then if you want to throw in a roster player I don't know. Martinuk, DiGiuseppe, Zekoff, McGinn. Uh, one of those, not all of them. Um, maybe Julian Gauthier, like you said, Alexi Sorella. It's it's tough to envision, really, because I, I feel like a deal that Carolina would put together, um, you know, I feel like it's kind of like patchworking it together to, like, reach the value of Nylander. And I don't know if the, if the, if the Maple Leafs would, would want to do a deal like that. Because I think that they'd want to get like a big like one for one type deal, 
similar to Johansson for Jones. That's kind of like the standard for D for forward, fair trade uh, type of deals. So I think they'd probably want something like that, but I don't know. Maybe maybe Carolina will surprise us. Maybe tomorrow they'll acquire William Nylander via trade for Falk, and that's it. It's just one for one. What the deal is one for one? Oh my mm-hmm. god! Can you believe like if that ever happened? Like if they made a one for one deal for Nylander, no matter who, yep. what team it is, whether it's Canes or not, can you imagine how Toronto would probably blow up? Yeah, yeah, there would be a lot like, of people they upset, would be furious, and then there would be a lot of people defending the organization, no matter what. It would be kind of ugly. Yep, I think. <laughs> yeah, that's ugh, very interesting situation. Yeah, I mean, we'll we'll see how that that contract ends up turning out, but. We are going to get into our Metropolitan Division preview, mm-hmm. the moment you've all been waiting for, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, um, let's fly through this. Yeah, we're going to get started with the uh, Metropolitan Division. So the Caps, um, I'll get started on that one. All right. Uh, so the, obviously Stanley Cup champions, so a great season for them. They're coming off the best season of their franchise history and, you know, the summer of Ovi, basically. Um, mm-hmm. Now, as the as for a Stanley Cup hangover, not sure they have it. I mean, they they kept most of the same players. I think, I think they're the just big... gonna have a normal hangover, uh, minus the Stanley <laughs> yes. Cup, given how their summer went. Yes. Um, so the obviously the the big deal was for John Carlson re-signing him eight years, uh, eight million dollar value. I think the contract's a little bit bloated um obviously he probably would have got similar value on the market uh he uh, i mean people really didn't think Tavares was going to go to the market and then he ended up being it but if Tavares didn't go to the market carlson was the the prize free agent so um to to get him locked up i mean he is the top two defenseman and you know probably top 20 d-men if not top 15 d-men in the nhl um now they they have a new coach, um, Tom Reard, or Todd Reardon, excuse me. Uh, he's going to be brought in, so it's going to be interesting to see how the team reacts to that. Uh, but the 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 big head scratcher for me is the Tom Wilson deal, six years at five point one seven mil. What do you think of that deal? Because I, I mean, <laughs> offensively. There's nothing that warrants that kind of money. Uh, do I think Tom Wilson's a borderline $6 million player? Uh, no. Um, do I think he's worth that? No. Uh, but to be fair, he means a lot to that team. Now, does he mean $6 million a year almost to that team? I don't know. I, I would venture to guess that uh, the answer to that's no, but I guess, I mean, they, they signed him for a long-term deal. They, you know, they clearly value him. He, he's a good player. He just, I just hate, uh, I don't hate him. Well, I do hate him to an extent. (laughs) Um, just what he, this is antics are just the hits he throws. He's dirty player. And I just, I don't like him at all. But I, I can see why the Capitals like him so much because he's a guy that, you know, makes big hits, uh, you know, does all that tough, quote-unquote, tough stuff. 
Um, I'm not a fan of his, but I, I get it. And I, I don't agree with the contract, though. That's just too much money, in my opinion. But Yeah, yeah he's a weird franchise-like piece for them. Like, yeah. you... You think of Kuznetsov, obviously Ovechkin, Backstrom, but then like Wilson is oddly very important to that fan base, mm-hmm. and I guess you understand like the effort part. But yeah, I mean, is he worth the trouble and the headache? I don't know. Not at that term. I mean, if you want to go six years, I, I mean, good for him on the money part. I mean, that's mm-hmm. that's big for a guy like him because not many players are getting that, those types of deals like that put up the numbers he does. Um, so, yeah, g- good for him. Um, now, also, Caps also got Brooks Orpic at a lower contract because they traded him to Colorado, and then Colorado ended up dumping him. So they get him on a one-year, one-mil deal. Um, the big piece in that trade, though, was Grubauer being sent to Colorado. Um, that kind of hurts their backup position. Uh, Holtby... I mean, obviously, we we know what he brings every year. He could be a Vezina candidate again, and you know he he's always pretty solid. But yeah, the, they're they've always had a very good backup, whether it was Grubauer or you know just they've had so many good backups. Um, Ilya Samsonov, I don't believe is going to be in the NHL this year. Is that correct? Start, I think he's going to start in Hershey. Yeah. Yeah. So um, whether we, we could see him called up, he's a very good prospect for mm-hmm. them. Um, I mean, honestly, could be the future, but like mm-hmm. as of right now, they don't have a a a solid backup. Um, so I I like the. I mean, obviously, it's hard to to say this team's going to take a step back. Um, I don't think they're going to repeat, um, but there's no reason that they won't be at the top of this division. Mm-hmm. I agree. I agree. Um, so let's move on to the Penguins. Um... They've been relatively successful over the past few years. Um, won a cup or two. Pretty impressive. Um, still have that core. Uh, Malkin, Crosby, Kessel. Hornfist signed a long-term deal. Uh, they have Broussard for another year, who they traded for at the deadline. Um, got Carl Hagelin still. Uh, they did trade. Who'd they trade to? Um, Buffalo. Uh uh, Connor Sheary. Connor Sheary, yep. So, I mean, that's a depth piece that's gone. That's whatever. Uh, Matt Cullen is 70 years old, and he's going to be back. So that's good for him. Um, it's really the same team, mostly. I mean, they're almost, it's almost exactly the same team. Uh, one guy to look out for is Daniel Sprong. He's a prospect that a lot of people like. Uh, I like him, too. Uh, he had a really, really good year last year in the American League, in the American Hockey League at that. Um, so he has a bright future there. And if he's put around players like Crosby or Malkin, you know he's going to put up a lot of big numbers there. Um, I mean, up and down this roster, it's pretty much the same team. Uh, so but, there's, but, 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 Jack Johnson. Jack, well, that's a good point. I mean, Jack Johnson's fine, but why do you give him five years at three point two five million? What is that? A year for Jack Johnson, for Jack Johnson, that deal. Yeah. He's thirty one, and Jim Rutherford, good for him, finally got his guy, and he signed him for five years <laughs> at three point two five million a year. And if you don't remember, uh, Mr. Johnson was the man that the Hurricanes drafted third overall in 05. 
Uh, it was the Crosby draft, and uh, they never signed Jack Johnson. So they traded him to L.A. for, what was that, Tim Gleason, Eric Belanger, and that, that's pretty much it. So good for good for him. Great, good for the Hurricanes. He He's never turned into this, like, amazing defenseman that a lot of people thought, but he's he's been a good defenseman through his career. He's fallen off a little bit and a lot pretty much recently, but he got himself a deal that probably didn't really deserve but he's going to be there he's fine i mean he's an nhl level defenseman um it's not like they need him to be a very big impact they still have letang schultz dumolin olimata etc so they'll be a playoff team uh they're going to go through their lulls i think i mean they're getting older they're not like i mean it feels like a lot older of a group, but outside of Matt Cullen, the oldest forward on that roster is is uh, Evgeny Malkin, who's 32. So while they're getting older, I think they're kind of putting in some some younger pieces behind it to uh, kind of make up for it. And I think they're going to be they're going to be fine. They're going to be a playoff team. And uh, yeah, I mean they were they were not very good the first half last year, and then they just turned it on. So. I think they're the kind of team where when they know they have to turn it on, they will, and they'll be fine. So that's the Penguins. Now, on to the next team, which is probably the most interesting team in this division because they could either be really good or really bad. Mm -hmm. Uh, The Columbus Blue Jackets. Now, they had a pretty good year statistically. Six in goals per game and 13th in goals against. But um, the weird thing is they didn't really do much um the big obviously news of the summer for them was artemi panarin um which basically he doesn't want to be there anymore he doesn't want to sign a long-term deal uh i thought this was going to get resolved before the season but it looks like you have an unhappy player going into this year um and he's a very important player for them i mean we know what he brings to the table offensively um, you know, his success in Chicago and Columbus. Um, so I really thought this was going to get done beforehand. So I don't know. It, it, it's a weird, rocky situation. Um, Bobrovsky is obviously a great goalie, but he's going into a contract year, so he could either be a stud or the nerves could get to him. Um, but I think the biggest thing is starting this year without Seth Jones. He's going to probably miss maybe the first month. Um, yeah, that's tough. Um, you know, he's a guy that obviously with Warinsky is a huge part of this team. Um, I I think that people are a little bit too high on them right now. Um, I am not that high on them. I don't I think they struggle out of the gate and it's hard to compete in this division when you struggle out of the gate. We know that firsthand. Um, so I'm not as high on them as some people are. I think that other teams in this division will be more competitive than them. Um, so yeah, I'm 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 not high on the Blue Jackets. What do you think? Uh, I'm not I'm not crazy about them. I mean, they have who I think is the best goalie in the world. So I mean, that's good. So I think that he'll win them games that they probably don't deserve. I think Seth Jones is amazing. I think Zach Wierenski is really good. Uh, the defense is good overall. Um, Pierre-Luc Dubois has really come along for them, and he's going to be a big-time you know, part of what they're trying to do. I'm not crazy about him. I think that they'll they'll be around the cut line for the playoffs. Um, 
and you know it's 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 it'll be interesting to see how long John Tortorella's shtick will work in Columbus, um, because in the past it's only worked for a few years, and then things get really messy, and then he gets fired in the middle of the year. But he signed an extension in Columbus, um, so it'll it'll be interesting to see how that all works out for them um but yeah that's an interesting team to watch and another interesting team to watch is the new jersey devils so last year was a big year for the devils they made it to the playoffs um unfortunately they ran into the tampa bay lightning in the first round uh so that wasn't a very good time for them but they they put up a valiant effort they uh, they really like they as a team they really they, they, they surprised a lot of people, and they, they were playing well, and they gave the Lightning somewhat of a fight. They had some close games there. Um, of course, Taylor Hall is the reigning Hart Trophy winner, and he deserved it. He pretty much single-handedly lifted that team to the playoffs last year. He was incredible, incredible. Um, what was his point streak like? What was, how long was that point streak? It was, like it was 20, a while. <laughs> like 25 games or something? Yeah, something like that. like that. Um, so, yeah, Taylor Hall's an amazing, amazing hockey player. They have two more years of him at 6 mil. Uh, he's going to be getting probably double that at the end of that deal. Um, down that down the forward lineup, they have they have Zajac still. Uh, they're going to be happy when that contract ends in three years. Um, Paul Mary's a very good player, top six player. Johansson, I mean, they have decent depth here. They have Miles Wood, who there is a guy that they're excited about. They extended him over the offseason. Um, Brian Boyle was an amazing story last year. He's back again this year. Um, Nico Hiche is going to be a big part of what they're trying to do. He had a, he had a good rookie year. Uh, it wasn't phenomenal, but he was pretty good. Uh, so he'll look to take another step forward. The, the Devils will need that. Uh, beyond that, Jesper Bratt was a surprise player last year who was very, very good. Uh, the defense looks okay. Uh, Sammy Vatanen, they got from Anaheim for uh, Adam Henrique last year. Um, that's a good a good defenseman. Damon Saverson. Uh, Will Butcher had a really good rookie year, too. He was surprising. And uh, I guess in net, there's the question of can Corey Schneider be the goalie that they need him to be uh, if they want to, you know, be a legitimate late playoff run type of team. Uh, he's under contract for four more years of $6 million each a year. Uh, Keith Kincaid stole that starting job in the middle of last year because Schneider was just not very good. Um, and Schneider's 32 now, so can he bounce back in in – return to that level because a couple years ago i think there's a legitimate case to be made for schneider being the best goalie in hockey he was amazing a couple years ago so he needs to get back close to that level um our old friend eddie lack is gonna be is or got a uh, contract extension there good for him um it's an interesting team and I think they're going to be around the playoff line. I wouldn't be surprised if they take a step back. 
they need mm-hmm. players to get better. They can't just depend on Taylor Hall again. He's a great player, but I don't think that will work out well for him if they do have to rely on and rely on him that much again. But um, I guess we'll see. Moving on to a team that basically did nothing. <laughs> the Gritties. The Philadelphia Flyers. Um, yeah, management must have fell asleep this summer because they really didn't do much. Uh, essentially, this is the same roster, um, but a year older. And that's good um, because they have a lot of good young depth. Um, Ivan Provorov is obviously going to be, I think, a Norris candidate. Not this year, but I mean, he's going to be a consistent Norris candidate for for a while. So you're you're going to have to remember his name for sure. Um, the the most interesting storyline I see for them um, is Carter Hart. He probably he's not going to start um, in Philly this year, but I wouldn't be surprised to see him get some games. And he's a very good goalie prospect for them. Mm-hmm. I mean, the really future good. starter really. Yeah, yeah. He has the future a big, starter. He has really. a big time future. Yeah, so I mean, we'll see how he does in Lehigh Valley, but I I think that um, ultimately I I think he'll get some games this year, um, maybe a handful, but um, I I think that by next season you should see him as the backup in a one A one B role. Mm-hmm. Um, now the team on the ice still remains impressive. Uh, Claude Giroux looks like he's been working out like crazy. Um, <laughs> he looks like he added some weight. So, I mean, that's obviously good coming off of one of the best seasons of his career. Um, yeah, they're just, you know, there's no, you know, other than Giroux, there's no super game breakers. I mean, Voracek is a solid guy. Uh, Simmons is a solid guy. But, uh, you know, they, you know what they're going to do. Yeah, they, they added JVR, which is which is a good um a good ad for sure. Do you like the seven million cap hit? Maybe not. It's a little um, too much. But yeah, he, he belongs in Philly. It's you know, he, he started his career there. Um I I like that, but I just I yeah, I think they're just gonna be the same old, same old team. They're gonna compete. They will probably end up in a playoff spot. Um, but they're not going to do much with it. So they always, um, yeah. they always find themselves in a playoff spot. It's weird. They always, always feels like they always find a way to get in there. So, and they always play the Pittsburgh Penguins in the first round and uh, get eliminated right away. The Rangers are an interesting team. Um, top to bottom, they're 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 probably rebuilding. Uh, what's good about this is that they already have a lot of young, good players that will make them competitive and really they don't have to rebuild all that much uh they're hitting restart they traded away ryan mcdonough uh, and jt miller to tampa who both signed long-term extensions um they still have mika zibanejad who is an excellent excellent center uh kevin hayes had a really good year last year uh they still have chris Kreider. Uh, Matt Zuccarello will be a player to watch because if they fall out of the race, like will will they trade him? I know he's really important to that to that city and to that team. So it'll be interesting to see if they would even trade him. Uh, but he has a contract expiring. Uh, they got Ryan Spooner, um, Vlad Nemestikov, who they got from Tampa, uh, Jimmy VC, uh, a decent decent forward group. Got to watch out for Philip Heidel, who is a, a rookie who really jumped on the scene last year. Um, 
we'll see how much if he can you know get into the lineup in new york uh pavel bushnevich is a player to watch of course he's still very young uh he has some pretty exciting upside if if he can tap into that uh brett howden uh if we'll see if he can make the team out of camp he's a young player that they got from tampa as well and um i know that he got sent down to the american league i think today or or yesterday but leah sanderson he is a first round pick um i was kind of surprised to see him cut so early um but i guess we'll see what happens he had he had a really good year and in the American League for the uh, Hartford Wolfpack last year. So we'll see how his development goes. And, of course, the the big name around the Rangers is Henrik Lundqvist. Uh, he has three years left on his deal. He's still a good goalie. He's clearly not King Henrik that he was, you know, as soon as two years ago. Um, but he's getting old what are they going to try to gear up quickly and try to make another run with him or is his final couple of years going to be on a okay not great team and that's how it ends uh that'll be interesting to see um they have some solid defenders they have kevin shattenkirk mark stall is you know he's regressing unfortunately brady shea is great uh brendan smith is getting paid way too much money <laughs> And, uh, you know, so that's, that's the Rangers. They're kind of a in-between type of team. I think I could see them sneaking into the playoffs, honestly, uh, if, if they get the right production from the right people. But I think it's more likely that they miss out on the playoffs and finish at the bottom half of the Metro. So that's the New York Rangers. Next up is the New York Islanders. Wow. What an off season for them, <laughs> and not the greatest. Um, man, ugh. Where do we begin with the New York Islanders? Okay, so positives. Matthew Barzell, what a rookie season. Very good player. Very good piece to build around. Um, after that, not much. They lost John Tavares, as everyone knows, uh, which Did is they? huge, obviously. Yeah, I mean, it was only the talk of the summer. Hmm. Um, yeah, I mean, Tavares is hated in long, on, on, on Long Island, uh, and obviously won't be getting any free beers there anytime soon. Um, but the interesting move of the offseason, I guess you could say for them is, is Lou Lamorello, um, getting moved into their front office, which is weird. Cause you know, you're just so used to him on New Jersey and it was weird enough that he went to Toronto, but now that he's back in the tri-state area is just, it's strange. I, I don't know, man. It, but if I guess if anyone can turn that team around, it's going to be Lou. Um, they're in probably the worst cap situation I've seen um, outside of Detroit. They're just, they're so awkward. It's so awkward. They have the good youth like like Barzell and Hosang and I mean, Michael Del Cole still has yet to break the NHL lineup, which is insane to me. I mean, he was a top five pick. Only you know a few years ago, but there's not much he's done in the AHL level, and I think that we we didn't talk enough about him being a bust because mm-hmm. that he's been a big bust. Um, you know they got some of the youth there, but then the back end, I mean Johnny Boychuk, Thomas Hickey, I mean just the deals they're signed to, 
there's no getting out of them, really. I mean, no one's going to take them in a contract or in a trade. I mean, it's going to be hard to buy them out. If I mean, you could wave them to the HL and hope for the best, but that's probably not going to work. Um, and then they go out and sign Komarov to a big deal. I mean, I know you have to reach the cap floor, but come on. I mean, that's just... I don't know. Matt Martin being brought back in. I just, I have no idea where this team is. And their goaltending situation didn't get any better. Halak leaves. I mean, Grace is going to have to play basically 70 games. It's just, I don't know. It's a mess. It's a mess. I, I really don't know. I mean, best case scenario for them is that they suck. Um, because Jack Hughes is in this draft. If there's any way to kickstart your future and to really gear up your rebuild it's to to land a, a player like that mm-hmm. maybe lou goes for kind of a tactic on how they got austin matthews just literally <laughs> play guys that don't deserve to be in the nhl yeah and hope for the best um they're in one of the most competitive divisions in hockey so i mean they're gonna struggle um i think they're gonna be ottawa senators bad hmm. uh I think Barzell is going to be a bright spot. I mean, Islanders fans, is that's something to look forward to. I guess we'll see how he does. I mean, whether it's a sophomore slump or not, I don't, I don't think so. Um, but, yeah, not not too much to be optimistic about on Long Island right now. Wow. That is, that is tough but fair. <laughs> yeah, I agree. That, <laughs> that whole situation is kind of a train wreck. I mean, you lose John Tavares. You... I mean, they got Barry Trotz, who is a Stanley Cup winning coach, but and they have Lou Lamorello, who has a history of being a very good hockey man. But I guess we'll see. I don't. I don't know. I think it's going to be tough sledding there, uh, unless Leo Komarov and Matt Martin can <laughs> bring them together and lead them to the promised land. Um, but that'll do it for us on this episode of the Canes Country Podcast. Uh, thank you so much for listening. This upcoming week, we're going to do a special all-Carolina Hurricanes podcast, and that will go up ahead of the season opener on Thursday, October 4th. So this is a lot of fun. Justin, where can the good men and women of Canes Country Podcast listener nation follow you on Twitter? <laughs> They can follow me at Lanky Lape on Twitter. They can also follow Canes Country, if they haven't already, at Canes Country on Twitter and like them on Facebook and also follow Canes Country Picks on Instagram. Mm-hmm. And follow me on Twitter too, at Brett underscore finger. Uh, Justin said at Lanky Lape. And that's a podcast, boys and girls. Peace.